All right, welcome back to Off the Tap. This is the first episode of season two, I guess you could call it. Uh, we've had a long break. I uh, didn't really mean to, but scheduling and uh, other things kind of got in the way. Um, Sean and Andrew aren't able to do the podcast with me anymore as Andrew has gone back to pursue his master's degree, which is great. And uh, Sean lives in Utah now, so he's unable to get his hands on really any beer that I can get my hands on. So it makes uh, doing ratings very difficult. But stepping in to fill in and co-host the show with me is my brother, Stefan. And uh, we're going to try to make the experience great still. We got a whole new rating system coming into to play. Very difficult, but you know, that's what we do. No big deal. Yeah, so I mean, I mean let, let, just for a split second, let me cut in here and say that, you know, human nature tends to really overcomplicate everything. doesn't matter if it's a hand soap, a sponge, doesn't matter what it is. We take it to the extreme. What's the most efficient or effective way to communicate the value of said product one over another or usefulness? And we've kind of taken this concept to that level with our rating system. But right. continue. It's it's more of a step up, you know. We're gonna get a little bit more in depth in the rating. Um, but we're going to start this new season or you know new direction of the podcast with a not necessarily a tournament. We're gonna do a tier list of some Oktoberfest beers. Uh, scheduling again kind of took into effect and ruined our plans originally. But you know we're okay. handling it as okay. we can go. It's a very unique phrase, token. That's the past T tense of taken, which taken. is already yeah. past tense. But you That's do you, bro. That's way past tense. That's what we, yeah, exactly. Things yeah. happen, man. You know? They did. All right. Um, and we're going to start it off with uh, Texas Beer Co.'s Octaberfest uh, versus Odell Brewing Oktoberfest. So both yeah. of these are obviously Marzen. Is that how you pronounce that? I would Marzen. assume. That's the American way to pronounce it. Yeah. Marzen. 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 German, German style brews. Uh, Oktoberfest are some of my favorite styles of beer. I, I will agree with that. Although I will say I don't know enough about, and I guess this we should start off with this, I don't know enough about what makes an Oktoberfest an Oktoberfest. So I'll, I'll go ahead and divulge that. Um, I'm not educated enough to understand what qualifies something. Is it the fact that it's Marzen? I don't know. I'm pretty sure because Marzen is a German style of brew, and obviously Oktoberfest is, you know, a German thing. So is it too early for me to Google that? We'll let that ride, huh? I'd feel guilty this early in Google. No, I mean let's let's get the facts out. You know what I mean? Let's figure it out. Here we go. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's, that's that's what it's for. It's probably going to come back as like uh, some type of textile company. It's going to be like Mars and Tile. That's what Google's going to return. Actually, no, here we go. It's a lager originated in Bavaria. has a medium to the full body and may vary in color. Um, it was a beer traditionally served at the Munich Oktoberfest. Uh, that's kind of like defining a word using the same word. In my opinion, pretty because much. all it told me is that it's an Oktoberfest beer. But um, uh, let me read some additional stuff here. Um, 16th century. Um, it's only, oh, here's the thing. It's a beer that's brewed only between the 29th of September 
and the 23rd of April. So more like fall slash winter, but I mean, I guess October considering its start date. Um, the high temperature is required to heat and boil the ingredients in the kettle. So explosions were an issue originally in brewing it. All right. Um, I don't want to get off topic, but and I know that we talked about it a little bit earlier, but spending a good bit of time this past weekend in Charleston, bro, fires were a real thing at one point. Like we take for granted that like people are fighting fires and have fire prevention. Like that city was burned like three times. And so like people's fear of fire is legit. So I understand why they were restricting brewing of this particular beer to those dates because i'm telling you dude that, that, shit, that shit's real i mean literally city burned like three times completely to the ground and and it wasn't even like relevant i know we're way off topic here but that wasn't even relevant to like things happening like it did happen multiple times during the civil war but completely unrelated to like war itself some guys were frying fish one time by the bay set the whole city on fire oh on accident true story because they just weren't fighting fires back then. But anyways, I digress. Based on when it's brewed, um, and based on seasonality is what makes the Marzen itself. But it, but it's a uh, it's a variable colored lighter lager of German descent. Okay. Now by the by the way, March is Marzen. So that's what that means. So so is that when they start brewing it? Or something? Uh, no, I think I, I don't know. That that's just March beer is what Marzen means. Maybe that's the dead center of September and April. If you're loose with a calendar, it was the 1500s. They, it's not like everybody had one. You know what I mean? Right, right. The Mayan calendar hadn't exactly been discovered yet. No, they weren't looking down at their phone, going, "Oh, it's definitely March." They were just like, "Hey, it's been a while since we started brewing this. It's probably March." You they were just mean? they were just kind of winging it. They were. So like, it's, be it's hot enough, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get into it. So I'm going to, or I think we're both going to do the Octaylerfest first. Yes. Let's get to okay, that. So a decent crack. All should right. I smell it out of the can before I get a, a pour here? I think. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I should try to get a sniff. Oh. Okay. It's got a, got a decent smell. It's also got an ABV of 6.0. And I could, I could not find the uh, IBUs on it. The can says six seven. Oh, does it? Is there that much variability in their quality control that Ooh, uh, maybe. they're just like six give or take, six give or take? Now I'll be real. Cause... The 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 ABVs I found online. I I was I didn't have the cans in front of me when I was doing the doing the list that I have here. So oh, okay. maybe well, something changed over the years. Maybe this brew is just a little stronger. You know, I would almost, I would almost imagine too, with some of the smaller breweries, like the independently owns that like, yeah, they target six. I'm sure they have quality control. I, I, I take back my original statement about a small mom and pop shop, not being able to control their process, but maybe it started out as a six, but like seasonally, cause there is variability. Even if you look at like Sam Adams, don't get me wrong. I, I hate to bring up, you know, the mothership of all motherships as far as Oktoberfest is concerned. But there's variability from season to season, even with a brewery like that. So it could be. But maybe it was originally a six, but seasonally, uh, Taylor Brewing at this point. Actually, I don't want to miss misspeak. Texas Beer it's Company. Out of Taylor. Excuse me. Out of Taylor, Texas. 
maybe this year's launch is a six seven you know yeah maybe they did change their can up a little bit this i don't know if that was this year or um years you know like a recent year but it used to be like a a orange and green Mm. can and now it's a blue and more more traditional oktoberfest blue and white yeah yet again another question that i i wish that uh could be answered for me i mean we answered the mars in question i'm not going to go down the rabbit hole but why historically is it the uh the blue checker with white with gold why is that a thing i think it relates to a flag maybe possibly it reminds me a lot of what what like a this is unrelated 100 percent. but what a knight would wear on his horse if he was jousting think about it yeah it's the it's the diamond you know it's it's like the diamond uh look i can't think of the word i i don't it's like a pattern but pattern but it's also but it's it's also like super decorative for that time like we look at the can now and if it was like obviously there's other things on the can but like if we looked at this can right now we'd be like oh that's a fairly generic um pattern but back in the gap bro you're throwing blue checkers oh, and a white sheet on a horse you kidding bro, me and it's not even check it's like it's a diagonal checker yeah i mean you they're diamonds mean? essentially they, they were getting fancy with it yeah so i assume that was a way to really up your ride nobody was pimping rides back then like you just throw in a sheet with some diamonds on some, your horse. Somebody, somebody put their blanket on sideways or like at a forty-five, and people freaked out. That's what happened. There's that, you know, and uh, also you got to have something if you want. What do they do? They ask for the queen's or the princess's blessing or whatever with the wreaths and all. You got to yeah. have something to lure them in. And apparently, baby blue on a white background is the game changer, in nice. my opinion. Yeah, obviously it won somebody's heart. A year after year after year, if they were bringing it back seasonally, exactly. But anyways, okay, so so point seven percent. So six point seven on this one. Uh, and the the ratings that we're gonna do here, we're still gonna do an overall rating of how we feel about the beer. Um, you know how much we like it, but we're gonna do uh entry, which I kind of I kind of let you explain these. I think you yeah so so uh, again there's a, a number of categories here they're all going to be ranked from you, they get a one being the lowest score six being the highest score um totaling up there's one two three four five six seven categories um so a total of six times seven is 42 so a total of 42 points can be awarded to like overall best in show i guess uh but entry is and based on your go ahead. that that scale of the the seven uh, different categories there we're going to go based on how we feel like it should be yes right 100 it's, it's, it's all so, based on perception right so how we feel like it matches up to how an oktoberfest should be correct so like and actually we talked about this a little bit beforehand but like all of these thankfully over the coming weeks are going to be all oktoberfest all the marzen if you will uh you can rewind by like i don't know five six seven minutes and uh, figure out what that is but anyways the marzen style beer of oktoberfest so this is going to be apples to apples over the next couple of weeks but ultimately It's based on individual perception on the type of beer that you're drinking. So if we were comparing a Marzen to, you know, say your run-of-the-mill Bush Light, I mean, there is no uh, comparison there. But if if there was to be a comparison, it would be your perception of a stereotypical light um, 
lager slash pilsner versus this but it's all how it fits within that category if that makes sense so it, you could have like a top-notch stout because it fits every single of these categories that i will explain i promise i'll stop rambling but if it meets if it if it scores a six in all of the categories based on your perception of a stout then it is a top rated stout and let's say it scores 42 points best in show but as it compares to the way we feel about an Oktoberfest, if the Oktoberfest is also the best iteration of an Oktoberfest based on our perception, then they can be equal as far as overall rating, if that makes sense. It kind of gives you a uniform, even with like um, individual taste, preference, and judgment, it gives you a uniform scale to compare apples to oranges. But in this case, over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be just apples to apples. Talk about over-explain, but nonetheless, so categories that we're starting, yeah, so categories that we're starting out with, and, I, and this will be a common theme throughout as we go, but um, just to kind of lay the, the groundwork here, entry um, is the initial uh, intake of the beer, right? So your initial, as soon as it touches the lips, the smell, the initial intake, um, does it give you the impression of what was written on the can, right? Um so that's entry. Aftertaste would be the after fact, right? You've already swallowed, you've rid, you've rid your mouth of said fluid. How it sits remaining inside your palate um, is the aftertaste. Um, does it, it, is the perception of that or, or the experience of that fitting to what your mind would assume goes with the type of beer that you're drinking? Um, body overall would be kind of like similar to mouthfeel. Um, Color, obviously, is is the color of the beverage, so I'll be pouring one so that we can kind of view it um, week by week. Um, bitterness, again, goes without saying, um, but the bitterness of the brew as compared to what your perception is for that particular genre. Um, acidity would be, um, you know, it's very closely related to bitterness, um, but I almost equate it to, like, I guess it's different for beers, but... The way that you think about wine, right? Everybody's like, oh, I drink a red wine because it's dry, right? That's actually tied back to the bitterness of the wine, and we're going to do something very similar for the beers here. Um, obviously, the opposite end of that spectrum could be something that's super sweet, um, like some of your wheat beers, I guess, per se, might be lower on the bitterness. However, if we were judging a wheat beer, which we're not today, but if we were judging a wheat beer and it was the right amount of sweetness, it could still score a six out of the one through six score for bitterness, if that makes sense. Right. Because um, wheat beers are, are naturally sweeter. Um, excuse me. Um, sorry, that was for acidity. Um, and then fizz is just the overall... Um, experience with you know head and or foam and or um you know i think everyone yeah carbonation if you will right so i think everybody has a different personal preference when it comes to carbonated waters and really what you're judging is the carbonated slash fizziness some are a little over some are a little under um and it just depends on where you sit on that scale but so that's entry aftertaste body color bitterness acidity and fizz and i guess we don't have to call out individual scores but if we rank them on the side we can give a total at the end and then uh, we can go back through the the each category if need be yeah i mean it's gonna be a, a learning process as we go to you know we'll figure yeah. out how to do it but um, i'm gonna get into it and taste this thing okay let's do it you know okay yeah, so 
I'm going to be honest, there's like two pretty fatal, I don't want to say this because we haven't tasted any other ones, but there's like two pretty fatal flaws for me right out of the gate. I was unable to get the IBUs, but it's got a little bit of a bitterness to it to me. It does, but I don't think it's terrible. You know, like, uh -huh. I, I, again, I know we're not giving out ratings here, but I would put it dead center, right? It's not uh, overly bitter putting it on the lower end, but it's also not extremely um, under bitter. Uh, I mean, it's not, it, it's still more bitter than I would assume. So I'm, I'm putting it dead center as far as bitterness. So my but scale, me, like my Oktoberfest scale is <clears throat> pretty much going to be based off of St. Arnold's Oktoberfest because okay. I think that's my favorite that I've had up to this point. Um, so any in my head, that's like the perfect Oktoberfest right now. So in mine, it's going to be, again, maybe it's just because of exposure, but I'm going to go with, uh, with Sam Adams just because, you know, you drink a million of something and that becomes your standard, right? Right. Although Bush Light's my standard otherwise, so take everything I say with a grain of salt. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We got, but, a, we got a real issue with taste buds in this one. Yeah, exactly. But um, so yeah, based on my foundation, I'm gonna say bitterness wise, I'm 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 having a little bit of a struggle. But also, there's a sweetness that ranks it, you know, out of the gate fairly low on the um the acidity yeah. scale for me. It it does have a pretty uh a pretty sweet flavor. Even the aftertaste yeah. is pretty sweet. It's almost like yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, um, I'm not super familiar with all of the brewing process, but it's almost like they stopped it too soon, right? They didn't let the yeast eat off enough of that sugar, in my opinion. But I'm yeah. not a brewer. I mean, I have no idea about that kind of stuff, so, you know, yeah. take that uh, with sure a grain of salt, but... I'm sure we could chime in the... Um, we could chime in the experts on this. But again, it's all based on my perception, and so therefore I'm right today. And well, I'll continue to be right. But anywho, uh, yeah, a little sweet for me. I think it looks the part, though. I mean, oh, it, has, one, it has a great 100%, color. 100%. Seems a little hazy, but not overly hazy, if that makes sense. Maybe that's what's given it the bitterness, is the haze. Uh, yeah, we also could have had the bottom of the barrel. Independent brewing is a tough job, bro. I could only I can imagine, imagine that there's a good bit of um, variability that happens compared to the billions of gallons of, again, trash beer that are rolling off the line day by day. Yeah. Um, um, I'm. Go ahead. I. Oh, no, I was also going to say is just, I think. It's got the, it's got, you know, it's a little sweet um, yep. for an Oktoberfest, but it does have, like, the flavors in it are fall, you know? Oh, which yeah. I which I don't sure. necessarily think is always the intention of an Oktoberfest, because it's, you know, it's like the end of, or it's kind of like the middle of fall, beginning of fall, I guess. Well, the range in months, apparently. Well, I, you know what? I think that we, uh, being in Texas, we only associate fall with, like, literally three weeks of October. Yeah. But for the rest of the world, they have, like, actual... November, but, you know. <laughs> See? <laughs> Perception is real. Perception is real. Yeah. Um, because it can vary that much from, what, 40 miles apart. But, um, yeah. Nonetheless, I think... Uh, 
our perception of seasonality is drastically different. But you're right, it doesn't have a fall taste. And for longer falls, it probably fits the mold more than we would assume. Yeah. I'm pretty much sure I have my rankings. I mean, we don't necessarily have to go through it right now, but I'm going to keep this and keep going on it. Right, right. We'll we'll get to it. Uh, at the we'll do it at the end so we can compare. You know, both of them. Yeah, agree. Um, all right. Well, we're recording this on October 11th. Um, Astros just had their first playoff game of 2022, and boy, did it end in dramatic style. Yeah. Man. So a couple of thing, a couple of things to include here. Also, I mean, I I don't know if you're even comfortable with me giving the shout out, but it's also your birthday. So happy birthday! Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the that was a very lackluster birthday celebration. We need like some crowd noise. We need some Seinfeld laugh tracks. That's Ooh, what we need. Yeah. All right. Um. Anywho. Yeah. Um. Um, was that a real laugh track? Because, dude, you played that off. You looked like you hit a button. No, I didn't. I got a few things oh. on uh, on a soundboard, but I don't have a uh, a laugh track. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's just what I thought of. Some background noise. Think about watching a sitcom from back then without a laugh track, dude. Game changer. Oh, God. <clears throat> but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, though. If I'm being completely honest, going off track a little bit, I love totally sitcoms not. now without laugh tracks. So- Okay, it's, so I hear it's you. It's just so they're so much better. They are well. Uh, two things. I think it's a different style sitcom. First off, uh, it's not the what we designed and understood to be a sitcom from back in the day. But the second piece of it is this. To me, and and you can disagree if you wish, but to me, it's the modern reality version of sitcoms. They, they, they've realityed sitcoms by removing the laugh track. Think about yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I just thought about it the other day because me and uh, Katie are re-watching um, Seinfeld for like the, I don't know. For Arguably the greatest sitcom of all time. Agreed, 100%. But, oh, no, 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 actually Cheers is my number one. But that could be arguable just based on where you were at in life whenever these were going on. Um, anywho... Um, notice there's a lot of laugh track. I thought to myself, what would this have been without it? Um, but back on topic. So, well, slightly off topic. So realize today, cause you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, uh, give in to the big mass media of, uh, satellite television and or cable. So watched every, well, not every, but I would say I watched 80% of the season at home um or through the fubo app right through at&t sportsnet yeah listen listen to all these plugs that i'm just giving as if our audience is massive enough to really dictate their behavior on that plug but anyway so i listened enough um i mean I, i watched as much as i could through fubo um whether i was on the road or whether i was home guess what fubo does not carry tbs tbs so of all of the games i'm not Dude, I don't know. Uh, contractually, I guess they fought too hard for AT&T Sportsnet. I don't know. Maybe they're paying Dude, bills otherwise. That's it's a shot because the entire American League playoffs is on TBS. 100%. So oh, no. I, I found myself today. I'm in the office, right? And I was like, all right, I'm going to put the game on. It'll be great. I'll run it in the background for the first couple of hours when I'm finishing up work. And 
literally could not find TBS. And I was like, damn it, I know it's got to be on here, right? So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, can't find TBS. Um, so I had to do what I had, which basically is the only reason, if you think about this, the only reason I moved forward with Fubo is because I was kind of, not burnt out, but I was tired of listening to every single baseball game. And what did I find myself doing? The first game of this year's playoffs, listening to the game. Now, that being said, to tune in after I searched and searched and couldn't find it, to tune in in like the, I think it was like the third or fourth inning, we were already down by like uh, four runs at that point, or maybe the gap was, let's say, three. It was like four to two at this point, maybe two runs, something like that. So I'm like, oh, great. Not only am I not going to be able to watch it, but I'm going to have to listen to them lose slowly over the remainder of time. But I think that it drastically, for me, increased the excitement whenever Jordan hits a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth via radio, right? With two outs. With two outs, right? And and that to me, and like kids screaming, right? We were getting done with dinner. Kids are screaming, like everything's off the rails. And just to hear that announcer get increasingly louder and more, and more excited and more excited and louder, I was like, you know what? Obviously, I'm going to have to listen to most of them on TV, at least the AL, I mean, the division series. I don't know about the, what about the ALCS? Is it on I'm TBS sure as well? I'm pretty sure it's on TBS, yeah. Son of a gun. I think so. everything up to the World Series is on, well, for the American League, everything up to the World Series is on TBS. What, do they split it when it gets to the World Series? Is it Fox, then TBS? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that it switches back and forth every year, if I remember correct. So, like, next year, Fox will get the American League, and TBS Uh will get the National League. I think it goes like that. So, ultimately, I'm either going to have to do a couple of things. I'm either going to have to buy the MLB app or um, break down and get something that carries TBS. But But here's the thing. I'm back into listening based on today's experience. Now, it's with radio, it's a quick turnaround, dude. They lo- if they if I have to listen to them lose on Thursday, then yeah, that that'll that then I'm gonna have to buy TBS. But if they win again Tuesday via radio, I, I or Thursday via radio, then dude, I might be in until we get to the until we win the ALCS. You like the way I had to correct my phrasing there? Yeah. Until we win the ALCS, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get you, man. I had, uh, I, I got into a spot in my room, you know. First of all, I started watching it on my computer, okay? Very superstitious guy. I was watching on my computer. Really? Oh, yeah. I was watching it on my computer because that's what I've been doing for, like, the past two months, right? When I figured out, we switched to DirecTV Stream back in right. June or something. And the TV in my office started messing up. And so I started watching on my computer. And that's just what I've been doing. So I threw that I threw them on on my computer and watched like the first four innings maybe. And I think it was like four to four to two or maybe maybe it was six to two at that point. And I was like, man, I'm just gonna throw it on my TV and chill, I guess. Hey, here's the thing. How quickly do we turn dime on superstition? Immediately you're like, oh, I gotta oh. watch it on the computer because that's what I've been doing. We've been doing pretty good. And then as soon as it bro. turns, you're like, my superstition was trash. I need to start a new superstition. Dude, but yeah. And so I, put, I turned on the TV, and I think we scored one more. That was when Yuli hit the, the solo shot. It was 6-3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the next inning. And I was like, uh, all right. So I'm chilling, and then I'm eating dinner. You know, I move spots to eat dinner. And uh, as soon as I 
get my food down in front of me, they hit a solo shot. So it was seven to three. And I was like, fuck, man, this is it, dude. They're, yeah. they're done now. They're down four. The Mariners are hot. One of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Um, I got done eating. You know, it was the it was the bottom of the eighth inning, I think. And Bregman came up. And I positioned myself in the spot in my room where I could feel the air conditioning on my back. And it was oh. kind of at a it was kind of at a weird angle where I had to kind of turn my head to the right to watch the TV and Bregman went yard. And I was like, okay, now I can't move. Right? Th- okay, so I can't I'm move. glad you said that. I thought for a second that you had it running in one room based on the layout. I thought you had it running in one room and then also running in another room and where you were at looking at AC, you were peering at both. And so for the rest of the game, you were stuck going side to side to side to side. But if, either way, you were still holding the same position. No, yeah. So I, I sat there, and uh, top of the ninth came up, handled it no problem, got to the bottom of the ninth. And there, there needs to be something said really quickly about the fact that Hensley gets thrown in to the bottom of the ninth inning as a rookie. He's been up in the majors for like four weeks, dude. Maybe Should a month. We saw, no, remember we saw him... When when did we go? We went in. Wasn't that the beginning? Oh, it was the end of August. So like five six weeks maybe he's been up. I mean on and off, but that was his first game. So he's been up and down ever since. But yeah, go ahead, dude. And he comes in and gets a well. Actually, he got hit by a pitch, but it was technically a walk, right, bro? Take it. Right, one out. We got a rookie on first base. Well, well, it was it was Jake Myers came in to run, but anyways, the rookie got on for us. Yeah. And then Jeremy Pena, the other rookie. And by the way, mind you, down in the count. Yeah, one, two. One, two. Cranks a slider up the gut, right? The pitch that he struggles with the most, the slider. 100%. In fact, I would love to see the statistics on not only him hitting that in general, but in late in the game in such a press situation. I'm sure somebody will run that, but go ahead. It was also in this bottom of the ninth inning that I started – you know, I have my, my therapy bike beside me where I'm sitting at, and I'm I'm just touching the handle of it, just bouncing my hand on the handle of it, and I'm just yeah. singing the same song over and over, the chorus to one song over and over again. And I just, I kept doing it the whole time. And Hensley got on, and then Pena got on, and I was like, oh my god. And then they switched pitchers for Jordan. They brought in yeah. a lefty to face Jordan, and in my head, I just thought, all year, Dusty Baker said that he was so worried about Tucker and Jordan against left-handed pitchers, and this would be the exact moment for him to prove them wrong again. Right. And what does he do on pitch two, bro? I'm just yeah, sitting same. there, sitting there smacking my hand with my head at an angle, haven't moved since the eighth inning. 434 foot, 116.7 miles per hour off the bat, bro, and line drive into the second deck to walk it off bro so here's the thing i didn't get to see it and i didn't get to hear all of it except for obviously the crescendo of of radio announcer um but what makes it even more bittersweet is i have a guy that works for me that lives uh in missouri and he's a huge cardinals fans all right Mm. and he he literally texts me as they're switching picture pictures right during the commercial break or whatever or the, the the time break i don't know exactly and he's like, oh, man, sorry, Strohs are going to lose. Should have known. 
And I responded, I'm like, all right, I got to keep the trash talking up because obviously it's postseason. And I was like, dude, that's those are awful lofty words coming from Mr. Sweep in the wild card, right? <laughs> right. And, and he was like, oh, it is what it is, right? Like they had this, this, and this. And like at that moment, as he's typing, the bubbles are showing up in text. I hear kids screaming. I hear the announcer crescendo just woo, 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 happening. And I'm like, bubbles, 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 bubbles. Bubbles stop. <laughs> And then bubbles pop back up, and they're like, well, I guess you guys win. And I was like, dude, shut your mouth. So it, all of those combined is what made the moment. And I do feel, had I been watching on TV, it might not have been the same, even though it would have been great to see the rope to the upper deck. Yeah. So here's the here's the other thing that I want to just complain about really quickly is all year, first of all, the ESPN app on, on your phone is one of the worst apps on the planet. It's always late with notifications. Um, See, for those of us entirely, it's usually early, but go ahead. Well, that's the thing, is today they were insanely early. Ah. So I was getting notifications before stuff was happening. Did you shut off the notifications? Dude, I was, the whole ninth inning, I had my head at an angle also up where I couldn't see my phone light up. And so every pitch, I was just doing this, you know, little like, so so my chin so, was blocking the phone. But so here's the thing. I know. Well, I mean, I guess I get a bunch of notifications, but I just assume in my head, it still takes away the, the, the thrill and the excitement. Because I just assume, like if I'm sitting here and my phone's upside down or maybe it's over on the other side of the desk and I'm watching the game. Like, if it buzzes and then something happens good in the game, it still takes away because I'm like, oh, like my phone already knew. You know what I yeah. mean? That, dude, that kind of happened to me in 2017 whenever we did, whenever we won the series. Yeah. Because uh, we had, you know, a bunch of people over here watching. Well, not a bunch. It was like five of us over here watching out in the backyard. And my phone didn't get a notification, but mom's did. Oh. Mom got a notification from the Fox News app that said the Astros. And then the very next pitch is when they grounded out to Altuve to win it. And I was like, oh, my God. Did she All say anything? Time, yes. She looked at uh, it. She goes, Astros won the World Series. She probably was just watching the television. Dude, I was point. like, Mom, we're watching. What are you doing? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Wow, she was just re- she was just calling it like it is, man. She was just calling the shots. She you was know? just excited. You know, it happens to all of us. That's but, true. Yeah, so the baseball gods shine down upon me on my birthday, and Lord on Alvarez comes through in the clutch. Dude, okay, oh, l- l- I got, listen, I got to back up, so I know that maybe listeners don't necessarily know, but like I did not believe that this particular man was capable of doing anything but swinging a bat all be he great at that okay but i have been exponentially impressed at the volume of field play and i don't mean just today obviously he had the the home plate throw today that was killer um he had i think there was another fly ball that he at least tracked down on the morning track like again today aside which was stellar um he's had some pretty crazy um field work compared to and i know they came in and obviously with uncle mike out like there's other things you know they're rotating through folks so he's getting probably a lot more play time than normal but um i've been very impressed at the 
of him stepping up, right? They always talk about rookies stepping up. The rookie really stepped up, you know. And I think yeah. he he has drastically infield play. I still think his valuable thing about him. Don't get me wrong, but at least yeah. he holds. I, I don't have a sense of insecurity when he's in the field like I do with other folks that might have a mediocre bat. If that makes sense. Yeah, the one thing that I always worried about him is just because he's so big, you know. Like, um, with I never, injuries. I, I never doubted his like ability. I don't. I don't doubt his ability to play defense. I worry he, more about his health. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I, I think there's a lot of health, and and don't get me wrong. Like I think yes, the the there's a lot of potential health concerns because a, a frame just doesn't bode well with age and compression and running and whatever over time. He's also not the fastest guy in the world, but I mean, uh, you know, he just has such long strides. He does, so big. but I guess if you have a decent enough positioning and uh, well, and the fact that bat, the minute left field in Minute Maid Park is so small. Oh yeah, I know, and so, you, and you realize they don't really. I mean, I don't know what his away game versus home game in is as far as coverage, but they, I know they pretty it, I'm pretty sure he's. I'm pretty sure he plays more defense uh, at home than anything. Yeah. It depends way, on I've the stadium, a, I think. I've been impressed overall with his ability, even inside something like Minute Maid, a more controlled atmosphere, his ability to deliver on a defensive front um, compared to the trash that I talked about him at least a year ago, or even less than a year ago. And I mean, regardless of him being able to track a ball or whatever, the man has a cannon. He does. He does. He can and throw maybe that, a damn baseball. <laughs> And I think also maybe that's what contributes to the power that he has in a bat. I mean, there's, I mean, there's yeah. probably some correlation there. I don't know. He's a big dude, big dude, nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. It's fun to watch. But so I'm super. I, go ahead. I also, I also don't like to be one that you know bloat or anything. I just we oh. just had to talk about it. No, one hundred percent. Bloat. I do. Well, I mean, I do, especially if we're. I mean, this is not back to the beer if we want to for a second. Little let down by the fizz. Yeah. I think that's, and again, not just really trying to drive it home, but I think that's it ties into the sugar. It's almost like it wasn't finished. We would have had more bubble, less sweetness, had they finished it. But um, yeah, I don't necessarily gloat either. To be honest with you, even if this was not, I mean, obviously it make it adds to the uh, the the volume of intensity. But even if it wasn't the first game of the series, it was a dang good game. Like, it was the turnout ended up being great for us, right? So it was exciting nonetheless. Like, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating the excitement, not so much the fact that we won. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> it was very rough for the beginning of the game, but it, it turned around. Once we actually started putting together good at-bats and not just swinging at the first pitch every time, it got more interesting. Although, Yuli hit a first, was it a first? No, it was a second pitch because the first one was a ball. There were two first pitch home runs, though. Yuli showed up and showed out today. My boy my boy went four for four, really, honestly. But the fourth one that he hit got caught because it was a 120-mile-an-hour laser to the left fielder. So that, but also, I, I want to come back to this. So I think... Um, a lot of folks were saying, I say a lot of folks that were like a couple of announcers and then I read like a feed somewhere. We're talking about it could be because of the volume of rest that he's had coming into this game. So, okay, that's great. Awesome. Maybe. 
But how do you feel about this whole split game, split first two games of the series, right? Because historically, yeah, this is really weird to me. Yeah, I agree, and it does concern me. Even though, what, who's Fromber's pitching Thursday? Yeah, but it's really weird because like they're doing all four game ones tonight, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think the National League is playing tomorrow. Correct. And then the American League is playing Thursday. Correct. And then National League Friday. S- Friday and Saturday. Correct. And then, uh, like, I, I don't know why they decided to start them all on the same day. Like, usually they don't do that. That's just weird. I, maybe for timing? I mean, I guess it's not that much later. It's also, 11, but... it needs to be said, I, I know that the Yankees are a big market. I get it, okay? They're one of the longest franchises in baseball history, I understand. They're the number two seed in, Amer- in the American League. The Astros yeah. are the number one seed, and we've been to the ALCS for five out of the six years, last six years, and we're getting, the, we're getting the day games. Okay, so I, who, uh, where is, I think it comes down to the second seed, right? Or not the second seed, the, uh, the third, three, four seed. Where are the Mariners in regards to Cleveland? Are they three or four? I believe they're four. The, the Mariners are? Yeah, I think so. So then that because Cleveland won their division. Correct. So I think that's the that's the way that they sell it. I mean, we could it, this is the same argument as like like college football ranking, okay? So it, it's just a group of folks that make up the difference, but I think the 3-2 seed overpowers the 1-4, not because of average, but because of that that's that's the way I think it it was sold to me in the past. I get I, not it, this but... year did I have the argument, but it was when Boston was in it, and obviously they were getting all the primetime games, and I was like, fuck, are you kidding me? They snuck in, barely. I think they, In fact, I think that was the year where they won a wild card spot, so they were probably seeded for. Um, but yeah, anyway. I don't know, and it's not to say that this series isn't going to be a good series. The Yankees and the Guardians, I think it's going to be a good series. But I couldn't... I hope that the Guardians pull through. And it's not because I have a hatred towards oh. the Yankees, which is true. I just would like to see the youngest team in baseball press also, through to at least the ALCS. Miles Straw, baby. Yeah, I, I yes, I can't for one player pull it off, but good dude. Plus the the youth of the team, I want to show people that like it's not all about salaries and stats. Well, that's what makes the Mariners so fun to watch. I think. I mean, yeah. we got to watch them all year because they're in our division, but. That's a scary young team, man. Very scary. I mean, they're good. That and, um, I don't know, I just feel like they have some drastic ups and downs. I mean, I guess you could say that about everybody, right? You get hot, you get cold, you get cold. But I think the Mariner have more of a drastic transition in and out of those peaks and and valleys. I just think that's because they are so young. Yeah, maybe that's true. Another big snippet of news blink 182 is is back dude hashtag snippet snippet (laughs) yes i it's crazy to me i didn't again i don't know when it happened but i listened to the rod ryan show every morning and i think it was like i didn't i didn't get on until like 6 30 ish or no it was later than that like 6 45 whenever katie and them left 
and like all I heard was Blink One Eighty Two, but then I was getting in my truck, and so you know between the phone and getting in the truck, it, they had moved on to a different segment, and then pretty much for the next hour and a half, all they talked about was the fact that and the promos they've been doing for it, killer. Oh yeah, I saw the yeah. the one ad they did this morning, or they released it this morning, I guess. Yeah, and then they've done the bunny. Did you see the bunny costume one too? I didn't see the bunny costume one, no. Okay, so, yeah, there's just a bunch of good promo they've been doing. Obviously, they're releasing, and honestly, if this comes out on Friday, they're releasing a new single. We don't know if it's a single, but they're releasing a new track on Friday as well. We're assuming yeah. that it's accompanied by a full, full-fledged full album, but especially if they're going to be touring next year, but... Oh, they're, yeah, they're doing a new album. I don't. I assume that this song is going to be off the album, but yeah, I, just... I don't know if they're going to, like do it as a single or if it'll be like a you know a song off of the upcoming album who knows they release it or whatever uh, they'll also be in h-town in june july i didn't even see that but i'm excited yeah. i think it's tom june is back july. Dude. also it's real blank to, this time i would love to know okay what do they just do with matt skiba what do they just do with him just i mean he wasn't very good and i think they all knew that he was just I mean, he tried, you know, he tried. Yeah, I mean, not a bad guy, not a bad guy. And he didn't claim to yeah. be, like... I, I I think he sound, he sounded good, but it sh- it just wasn't them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Like, if if he would have, you know, if he goes and does his own thing, maybe he'll be a little more... Succ- I just think he tried to come in... They tried to get him to come in and fill in the hole that you can't fill. You know what yeah, I mean? And I, it's like trying to replace he- George Strait. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he knew that too. He didn't. He never pushed that he was like one of the guys, and that he was. I mean, they they did a couple albums ago. What did he come from? What was the band that he came from? I don't remember. Wasn't he from like Switzerland or something? No, 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 no. He's or American. Sweden? Al Alkaline Trio. That's the name of the band. But he just or Alkaline, depending on where you're from. I don't know the uh, you know wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. But um, I don't know. Yeah, he never claimed to be that he was like gonna be. You know, he was the fill in and he was the next generation. Like they put some albums together and he toured. But I think honestly, I don't want to say this, but I have to claim this. I think that was Mark and Travis's way of building momentum to convert Tom back. I think Probably. that was what it is. They probably did that, I... and they were. They probably went to him, and they were like, "Do you see how hype people got for the backup?" Yeah, exactly. For like the string, I'm not even gonna say second. For the third string, this is what we're, we've accomplished. Like, there's a market for us still. Even I don't know, twenty five years later. Oh, dude, more than that. Blink came out in like '89. Yeah, thirty years later. Yeah, so thirty something years later. They're still, I always I mean, forget they, they were that old, man. Oh, yeah, they, they weren't in their prime until, like, the later 90s, but... I'd say late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, but still, I mean... Uh, I mean, when pretty... was when was uh, Enema of the State? Uh, I'd say probably 99. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably late 90s, right? Yeah, 99. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket would have probably been, like, 2000 and... One, two. Yeah. Right. 
blows my mind that so like like the Dookie album from uh, Green Day. That oh, yeah. was like that was the eighties. Eighty nine. It's just crazy. Timeless. What what really blows my mind, and we're, I know we're way off on a tangent here. Um, where you at on beer? Should we go to the Mark, the Odell? Uh, yeah. But I'm um, switch it in a second. So what really blows my mind is that if you listen to, like I said, I mentioned that I, I listen to the Rod Ryan show every morning, um, on ninety four five here. The like this that's that's pluggish. It's not a plug, but it's pluggish. Right. The buzz. The buzz. Houston's rock and alternative. Um, but um, what's crazy to me? We'll keep plugging if, I if they have us on. I mean, dude, he's in. Um, he would plug <laughs> us for whatever. Um, but they, um, the same, like, if you were to listen to 94.5, I mean, obviously there's a few people that trickle in that are different. But, like, the core of their music day after day and that fills the basic of all of their primetime music uh, airspace are the same tunes that we were listening to in uh, 2000, 2003. It's the same yeah. tunes. It's because it was and peak, it, man. It was, but I'm also like, man, we've really had a pretty bad dry spell. At least mainstream radio, right? <clears throat> there's, there's a rough dry spell. I was having this conversation uh, last weekend where we were just talking about how like new artists you know new musicians are doing so much like sampling from older stuff and Mm -hmm. really anything you hear now is it either sounds like something from the past or it legit is something from the past just refurbished basically and that's just true i mean it has it has nothing to do with like lack of creativity i think it's just the fact that everything has been done you know what i mean like as opposed to like doing some super weird like computer stuff you know but for the most part all music ever is is guitar riffs you know and all of them have been done so then so my question is because i i kind of feel similar right what what do we do it's it's hard man it it's hard to make anything else new that's that's gonna sound good because I mean, you have to go so far off of like the pleasurable riffs that everybody likes, and it's just that's why I mean, some stuff sucks, and why other you, stuff sounds like old stuff. And you're like, hey, that's good, I like that. But you have to ask yourself, like, where do we go then? That's even scarier. It is because but that's but that's why like those radio stations like and myself. I mean. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think I listen to very many new things anymore either. But 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 that historically has always happened, right? That historically has always been the case. In fact, I would tell you there's only a few anomalies where I think that not to be the case. And what's crazy enough is like, not to get like, but Mom is one of them. What the early two thousand rocker? No, no, I'm saying she's one that over the span of her life has always absorbed and integrated newer generational music than almost anyone I know. Because I'm still stuck in the ways of that, you know, post-grunge, um, pre-alternative, you know, 99 to mid to, well, I would say mid-90s to, uh, to early 2000s as my core, right? Classic rock has its place and some other things. 
Um, but I would say somebody who truly uh, like just with open arms welcomed in whatever the new generation of trash was. I'm air quoting trash. Whatever the newest generation of trash was. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of unique. Well, you know that's because she doesn't listen to the the lyrics. No, I know, but that neither here nor there. Well, oh, okay. So then, then that's that disqualifies her. If we're saying that no new sounds are being created, then yeah, she's just listening to this. Okay, I digress. You win. I take back. So yeah, she's we're just all listening to the same, same sounds track, that she likes. But... In fact, half the stuff that I do play that's newer, she's like, "Oh, that sounds like. What does that sound like? What does that sound like? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah." But, so are I mean, we doing? That's just where we are with music. Uh, yeah, let's switch it over. Odell, which this one has Marzen written on a can here. If we just for the camera here. Yeah, I gotta say I like I like this can a lot better. I do I too. I don't, I don't yeah. think the other one's bad. I think it's traditional and it's it's sleek and nice. But I like when places get fun with their their art. You know. I agree. So um, back as a refresher here, the Octaylor Fest, great play on words, um, based out of uh, Taylor, Texas, by the Texas Beer Company. Crazy to me that a newer brewery out of Taylor could claim that name. Uh, but anywho. Um, yeah, they, the got, they got lucky on that one. They did. Uh, but, you know, a little unoriginal, you know. Uh, the Oktoberfest by Odell Brewing Company. I think Odell's out of what? Colorado. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know that to be fact, but I think I've actually been there, so that's why I was guessing. Uh, I'm gonna rinse my cup. All right. Keep things pure. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure where it's from. I can look it up. I feel like I remember it being from. Uh, Colorado, whenever I was originally doing this, uh, originally making the list at least, but we can, we can look it up really quick just to be sure. I mean, there's like a 100% chance I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that I've been there. Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah. Fort Collins. Yeah. I don't know where that is, but. Ooh. It's in Colorado. Look at you. So Look at you. The smell okay. that I'm getting. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. Hey. It hey. smells pretty nice. Ooh, that's a nice color. That's that is prime time color. Look, and, and oh man, I wish that's I wish six I out of six. six out of six. I wish I almost had a comparison because you see how it it's it's clear, clear. but because color has a false haziness to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good lord. This is this is gonna be. Oh. Okay. Here we go. I'm getting into it. That's good. I like that. Okay. So. Now, mine's been open for, what, an hour almost? Yeah, how are we doing on time? We should probably wrap in, what, 15? Yeah. But mine's been open for an hour, 
So Fizz might have gone down a little bit. Um, it's lacking a, a little bit. It's lacking a, a little bit. Fizz. Okay, so maybe it's and not I, just me. Nope, I just popped mine. But uh, again, this is this is um, comparing based on what we think Oktoberfest. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I really like. I mean, the color is Ooh. spot on. The entry oh, spot on. and the aftertaste, I think both are spot on. Yeah. So here's what I. I mean, I don't. I don't want to wrap right now, but. Now, what <laughs> what does the can say for uh, ABVs on this one? Because I have six point one. Yeah, six point one. Okay, so I got six point one on this, and the IBUs. It says it's nineteen. Really. I don't think it's that that bitter. No, I I would have thought significantly less than that. But uh, I will tell you this: um, there's a couple of categories that it loses in. I think it wins comparing one to the other. I think it wins entry. It wins aftertaste. Even though I'm not still super sold. Uh, here, case in point, sir. Look, this one hasn't been open in an hour. Yeah, very little head left. Um, but entry, um, it's going to be the winner there. Aftertaste is more desirable. Uh, body for me, a little less. And maybe that's the haziness, the thickness that came from the Octaler Fest, but a little less for me on the body. Color, killer. Bitterness, significantly better. Acidity, to me, it's still a little um, sweet, um, but significantly better than the other. And then fizz, I'm going to say equivalent okay which is not nothing to write home about so it has some really great things about it um it definitely has some areas where it it, it excels but there are a few where it's equivalent to the octaler fest that i felt were uh a little underwhelming to begin with yeah i think it definitely doesn't have like as much flavor like as much body i guess no um, not as much body but I don't think it's as sweet uh, or as acidic as the as the uh, the Oktoberfest, and I like that a lot more for an Oktoberfest beer. I agree. Also, I think we've <clears> talked <throat> about this before, but I do not like sweet at all. That's why like cocktails for me are a problem. Even bourbons, right? If I'm going to do whiskey, it needs to be a rye. Um, uh, if I'm drinking anything, it has to be with unsweet like i don't do whiskeys and cokes or things like that and so a beer to me should be like a coffee it should be a bitter not rough but a uh an experience versus something that you enjoy but you don't like coffee beers do you eh, i'll do the occasional stout but i don't want them like bad i don't i don't like blending we've had we've talked about this too it's like the, i love seltzers but i don't do alcoholic seltzers because they don't mix to me and that's why I love coffee. I love beer, but I don't want to do coffee <clears throat> beers at all. I don't like to alcohol the things that I enjoy. Okay. The alcoholic seltzers are too sweet for me. Uh, Well, no, they just taste like straight liquor to me, which... And they, and a lot of them are sweet. You're right. A lot of them are sweet, so... Um, the <clears throat> most, m most specific when I think of sweetness in a seltzer is the Bud Light seltzers. I, I haven't dabbled. I had one, and I got about three sips in, and I threw it away. 
that bad. Hey, what's the? Uh, I was gonna say I saw it today, dude. They gotta. What's the? It's gotta be trash. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's gotta be trash. But what's the? Um, the zero calorie. I mean, sorry, not zero calorie. Zero carb Bud Light. Have you seen this, dude? Yeah. What is it called? I don't. It know. looks like a it's... seltzer can, right? Yes, it's packed. Well, a Michelob kind of looks like a seltzer can, but. It's like a Michelob can, and it's Did like, we not try one of these? I don't know, but it's, maybe we did. I think we the, tried one this summer. Cheapest, oh, we definitely did. And, and it, it was just, like water in a Michelob can. Yeah, it was bad. It was terrible. We were thinking, I mean, not we went into it expecting it to be bad, and it was still bad. Yes, that's, you know what I that's, mean? A, very, that's a very good way to put it. We it had was more of just like well. a let's try it thing. We had extremely low expectations and it underdelivered. So, do with that what you will. Yeah, I don't know what it's called, but I saw the packaging today, and the packaging even looks crap. It's almost like they just gave up. It looks it, like I bet you. It looks like they gave the project to their like marketing intern. Yeah, they were yeah, like, "Look, that, we, that's we've got... unpaid intern." We had a tank that they started washing out early, but we got to sell it. So however you want to do that. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't great. Kudos to him. What was the... Summarizing. Do what? Nothing. Go ahead. Uh, you wanted to talk about something else before we got out of here, right? Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, just because I have to clear my chest. I have to build the soapbox, stand on it, tear it down and burn it based on my feelings for this next subject. Um, very brief, and then we can summarize how we feel about the beverages. Um, for those LinkedIn users out there, um, I feel like I've narrowed it down to three categories of people that add you, and this is very irritating to me. Not the, not the, the, the first two, but the last one, because that tends to be the bulk of the audience that's using LinkedIn. Um, but if you're a LinkedIner, I don't know. I don't know if that's the a proper term, like Facebooker or Instagrammer. Uh, but link a linky, huh? We should. You should. Yeah, you got to trademark that. Hashtag linky. Um, if you're a linky, then um, and by the way, nobody's doing this. I don't know why I'm doing this. Nobody's done this since SNL in like 2006. But um, anyways, um, if you're a linky, right? That's, that's the terminology. If you're linky, um, there's three types of ads that you're going to get, right? Um, as far as folks are concerned. You're going to get, or, or the three types of people that you approach. You're going to get that ad of like somebody that's important that maybe later on in life you're going to need to connect with to either advance your career or later down the line they're going to be a mentor. You're going to want their input. Or you like the content that they share because it's beneficial to you day in and day out. You don't necessarily know the person, but you're adding them. Because they're powerful within the linkers. Eh, try to make it work there. But anyways, they're powerful within the LinkedIn community. You like their content. It's good for you. You like to consume it. It's honest. You add them. That's okay. Completely cool. Um, then there's the second, which is like, hey, I just met this person in, in, in person. Like physically met them. Which, by the way, this isn't happening on any other social media <laughs> ever. <laughs> You're normally meeting them on social media. And then later, maybe then you meet person. them in life. Exactly. But in LinkedIn, it's kind of the opposite. So you've met this person 
in real life uh, based on what you do for a living or because maybe you saw them and then afterwards, then you're like, oh, I should add them on LinkedIn. So look, we've already made the connection, the real connection as human beings. So then you're going to add them on LinkedIn because you'd like to stay connected, right? That's completely, again, those two scenarios, 100% fine. And then the last scenario, which unfortunately happens to be the most prevalent, is the add somebody random and then immediately try to sell them on whatever the hell it is that you're selling. And it's so, it's, I, I, there's a meme, this is what brought it to my attention. There was a meme that was like, well, that escalated quickly because that's exactly how it is. It's like, hey, I don't know you from Joe Blow, but I've got five invites in my inbox. And it's almost like they know each other. And I will add them because I'm a good human being. And maybe I think of the first two scenarios. Maybe I'm sharing content or delivering content that they like. Or, um, you know, maybe we have met and I just don't necessarily remember them. That's the case. No, no, no. They add me and immediately they're like, hey, I'd love to set up a time to talk about. And I'm like, nope, that's not what I'm into it for. Yeah. Or, hey, I realized that you could do. Nope, that's not what I'm in for. Uh, we saw your expertise and thought, nope, that's not what I'm into it for. You add me for content because you like what I'm sharing, or you add me because we've met physically. Other than that, LinkedIn, you do not get to conform to the other characteristics of any other social media. Yeah. So that's... I'm going to step down from my soapbox. I'm done. So me, I'm... I don't really network as much as you do because, you know, you're you're doing it more than I am. Um, right. So I'm not, like, getting out and meeting people. So 90% of the interactions that I have on LinkedIn are the last one you described, where okay. it's people adding me and then immediately trying to sell me on something. Yeah. And I just – I would say for me it's probably 60%, but, like, that's overwhelming to me. Like, yeah. that – you know, forty percent is legit. Like just ran, you know, people because we we come across we were in the same circles or they know other people or whatever, or like the content that we share or whatever. And by the way, it's not like I do content sharing for a living. It's just like obviously I like things on LinkedIn and like I follow people on LinkedIn that I like their content, so it gets around right. The algorithm works, but it's just mind blowing to me the volume of people that are like, "Hey, this guy's a warm body." And then they just add you, and then they're like, he's a warm body that can also communicate. And then, boom, you should buy X, Y, and Z from overseas. And I'm like, what? No. Oh, dude. I had, I had one lady that added me and just was trying to have, like, a normal conversation with me. Never met her in my life before, right? Just yeah. added me on LinkedIn, and I was like, you know, do I know you from somewhere? And she was just like, well, no, isn't LinkedIn about networking? And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Right. And so we're just like having a normal conversation. And then out of nowhere, she's just like, hey, do you invest? And I was like, uh, no, I don't. I don't really have the money to do that right now. And she just kept hat, like just kept haggling, kept going at it. And I was like, listen, lady, this is not what I added you for. OK. And and that, there's another scenario that pops up a lot of times. Not, I mean, still falls in this category, but along those lines, um, I, about me just screams franchisee. Okay, yeah. but apparently, 
I have franchisee written all over everything that's in my LinkedIn profile because I know this is a cliche saying, but if I had a nickel for every time a franchisee or a franchisor came to me and was like, hey, you should open a franchise, I would actually probably buy one because I don't have that much money. Yeah. Anyways, I digress on that. It just very it just frustrates me to no end. Um, I, I I'm sure there's other people out there that feel the same exact way. And I know this isn't the kind of conversation where we're like, hey, drop us a comment and let us know how you feel based on the six audience members maybe that are going to listen to this. But I do feel that other people feel my frustration, and I'd like to know. Are you also constantly getting closed by strangers that just sent you a request? It's not just you. It's like it's like the social media version of cold calling. It it is, but they just straight up they just go for it, you know? But here's here's the thing that's even worse, man. Like think about all other social media. Like if it like okay, so on Instagram, if you get like one of those real random shady ads, like hey, they ain't like they're only following five hundred people, but nobody follows them. Like she's in like a, maybe half of a swimsuit kind of thing. Like you know that's rigged, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like you know that's a fake. But on LinkedIn, they all seem like real people. You know yeah. what I mean? There's yeah, no it red flag. Seem like a robot. No, no red flag until after you add them. That's the problem with LinkedIn. Yeah. There's no obvious offset. Yeah. You're like, oh, there's too many numbers in that area code kind of thing. Like, that's not happening on LinkedIn. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, is the first letter of her name a symbol? No. That's no. not happening on LinkedIn. Why do they got you know seven I mean? numbers at the end of their at? Exactly. Right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Is she wearing three different hats in her picture kind of thing? No. (laughs) That's not happening on LinkedIn. They look like honest human beings, but immediately they want to hassle you. Here's the other thing that really gets me. Sorry, we're we're going on a tangent here, but here's the other thing that gets me. Um, more so than any other, like at least the 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 gals or or even guys. I'm sure there's a market that's targeting females too, but. The gals on LinkedIn, I mean, sorry, on uh, Instagram at least, with the symbols in their name and the 900 numbers after their um, they're going to send you a message about, hey, you should definitely add me, and you're not going to add them, and then that's the only message that you'll ever get, okay? Yeah. That's just the way it works. But on LinkedIn, no, no, no. No, no. You will not going. respond to the first franchisee request, and within three days, they're like, hey, not sure if you saw my message, but I'd love to circle back, and I'm like... Oh, there's no circle here. This was a flat line to begin with. And that flat line equates to a busy signal or a dial tone because I'm not answering the phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anywho. This, is, this flat line is the heartbeat of this conversation. It's not, Absolutely. Yeah, not. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much yeah, let's, all the, all the let's, time we've got. Good transition. Let's uh, switch the old gears here. Yeah, speaking about a flat line, this is the end of the episode. And we beat that one to death. Dude, how many puns that. can we come up with? Set a timer. No, 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 no. We're going to um, close out. Huh? Close? Close, close out. Yeah, anyways. Okay, all right. Um, um, where did you end up? So out of, my, uh, out of the, the seven categories that we did, 
my uh, my numbers came back for the Texas Beer Company at a total of 23 for the Octaylerfest. And yeah. then for Odell Brewing, I got 32. Ooh, okay. So I thought we were going to be a little more aligned. It, it Again, it, you're competing against yourself, which I think is what's important about this. Yeah. Right? So for the Octaylerfest, I got a 21. Okay. Yeah. Pretty close, 23, 21. And for the Odell, I have a 27. Okay. And one, a couple of comments I want to make. Obviously, in entry, Odell wins. Mm. Aftertaste, Odell wins. In body, the Odell does not win. Yeah, I'm, I'm with um, you on there. In color, the Odell wins. In yes. bitterness, the the Odell wins by a good long shot for me. In acidity, um, the Odell wins, and in fizz, they were equal. Okay, I pretty much had all the same. My the entry, I had Odell winning, um, six to five. Aftertaste, okay. I had them winning six to two. Okay. Uh, body, I had them losing two to three. Uh, color, they won six to five. I thought e the the Texas beer was hazy, but it still had a good color to it. Okay, so, so I, gave I it actually a few points. You're right. I actually want to come correct my score though. It, it, the haziness for me is going to be a problem. So I brought it down by one point. So my um, Octaylor Fest is actually a twenty. Okay, but go that's, ahead. Yes, I understandable. Uh, bitterness. I think the. Uh, I got the Odell winning five to two. Um, I just thought that it was the the Octoberfest was a little too bitter for an Oktoberfest. Mm -hmm. um, acidity again five to two in favor of Odell. Wasn't near as sweet. Um, had more of a traditional Oktoberfest flavor for me, and fizz. I had it losing two to four. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. I, here's the good thing about but, this. But again, I mean, you did pour them out, and the head lasted longer on the Dog Taylor Fest, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Uh, again, for me, I want to restate that both of mine were opened at the same time, and I didn't taste the Odell until 40 Hour. minutes after it had been opened. Okay. So there's a couple of things to note. What was your... What was your... Octaylor Fest score overall, yeah, uh, 23. All right, hold on, let me okay, so 23. And then what was your um, what was your Odell 32? 32. So that's a not a span of nine points, and this is why I like this the system. Okay, so real quick, I have Odell winning four to three for entry. Okay. All right. I have them winning three to two for aftertaste. I still wasn't completely sold on aftertaste for either one of them. Um, I have Odell losing three to four for body. In color, there is no better color. This is a six for me color-wise. And then because of the haziness on the Octaylor, I have them at a four. So Odell's winning six to four. Bitterness, Odell 5, um, Octaylor a 3. Acidity, we agreed very similarly. I'm going to give the Odell a 4 
and the Octaler Fest a two. And then Fizz for me overall, they were both extremely um, underperformers, so they were even at a two. So even though my scale is one way, your scale is another way, one way up or down, my span of points is seven, your span of points is nine. And that's pretty damn accurate for span, regardless of how they work, right? Because a four in your head might be a three in my head, but that means that my five is only one point more than a four in yours. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's the span. It's not the overall rating. It's more so the span between individuals, which makes things a little more uh, fluent, I guess. Yeah. Cool. So you can lock them in. I'm giving the Octaler Fest a 20, uh, and I will give the Odell a 27. Also, too, mind, mind you, I don't know if you have this level of confidence, but like I feel very confident now having two under our belt of what a six entry is, what a six bitterness is, what a six body is, what a six color is. Like I have a lot more confidence in myself in determining that for myself based on the two that we've already drank and, yeah. and the foundation of, of uh, Sam Adams. Right. Again, mine is comparing, you know, I'm comparing to a St. Arnold's Oktoberfest and a lot of the same qualities. There was a lot of the same qualities in this, the Odell that I liked that I, that reminded me of a St. Arnold's. Yes. So that's why uh, a lot of mine were sixes because that's how I view it, you know? And, and that's completely fine. I just, <laughs> the confidence I have in, one to the because we're going through Oktoberfest, but at one to the next in this is greatly increased after this exercise, if you will. And things might change for me in the future. You know, if I have another one that I think is better than an than a St. Arnold's, then I have to adjust my scale a little bit. But for now, I'm I'm pretty good, pretty confident in this. And now we come to the segment of the show where everyone's going to help us work on a catchphrase. Yeah. You gotta get something. Um, I don't have any suggestions, but let's keep that feather in our. No, a feather in a cat means it's like a kind of like a bird in the hand. Uh, mine. I I run dry on analogies, but um, ultimately we need to mind ourselves that next week we need some type of catchphrase inspired by beer and or subject matter that we like to discuss yeah we'll have to figure something out yeah until well, next week yep and for now uh don't forget to follow us on socials i'm gonna be honest with you i've forgotten some of them i'm pretty sure they're just off the tap podcast or off the tap pod uh i'll i'll get that figured out for next week but yeah yeah what kind of presence we got is that like facebook tinder Grinder. Uh, yeah, we're going to hit on Grinder. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, uh, I, we got a Twitter and an Instagram. Okay, um, I might have to get Twitter then. Yeah, so we, we post, uh, and, and we have a TikTok too, but you boys a little, uh, little boomer when it comes to TikTok. I don't really know how it works. Ooh. So, Dude, good phrasing. I was going to go un TikTok savvy, but TikTok boomer is better. Yeah. I like the content, but I don't know how it works. So, mainly yeah. on Twitter uh, for for posting and doing 
polls and whatnot if we get to that point. But uh, Instagram for you know bracket updates when we do tournament style stuff. In this case, we're gonna do a tier list type thing. So at the end, we'll release a tier list for both of us. Um, some topics will will include Mount Rushmores of things at some point. So we'll do that uh, kind of imagery as well on Instagram and Twitter probably. But ultimately, the messaging is: if it's off the tap, find it, regardless of. Uh the media that you choose to um, intake. Yeah. If we're not out there, let us know, and, and we will get out there. Yes. And, and I'm, just gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw this ship to sail. Until next week, make sure to keep the fizz. <laughs>